Pinstripe Alley Podcast. I'm Andrew Mearns, joined as always by Kunj. How you doing? I'm fully vaccinated and feel great about it. Hey, same. Virtual <laughs> high five. Woo! And you know who else is fully vaccinated? A lot of the people on the Yankees. <laughs> yeah, and yet. <laughs> and yet. But see, it's a good thing because... As Aaron Boone said, they get to spend their quarantine time watching Netflix instead of being in a hospital, like worrying if they're going to live or not. So, yeah, go get your vaccinations, folks. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, much better than if uh, they were not vaccinated and then gotten COVID. They, then it could be a lot worse. Obviously, this whole situation with I think now the counts is up to nine people affiliated with the Yankees, mostly support staff, but then a few of the coaches like Phil Nevin and Matt Blake, the pitching coach. Also, Reggie Willets, I believe. And then also right. Labor Torres, of course, have yeah, uh, tested positive for COVID-19 despite having the J&J vaccine. But the point is that it, while this is very unusual, it's still not surprising because the CDC warned about breakthrough cases being possible. We do know that the J&J vaccine is probably about like seven out of 10 effective that you won't get COVID. But even if you do get COVID in that lower percentage range, it's more likely to take away any serious effects of COVID-19. So that seems to be the key. Yeah, exactly. And one thing that, and I'm just going to fully disclose, I'm purely speculating here. So do not take my word for this, anybody who's listening. But the one thing I am curious about is, because obviously, like, you know, the Yankees, the traveling parties of all the teams or whatever, they're being tested rigorously, even with the vaccines. Yeah. Whereas, you know, people like you and me, we're not going to get tested, even if anything happens, just because for the most part, we're probably going to be asymptomatic, which like you know, Labor Torres was. So I wonder if breakthrough cases are actually a little bit more common than we know of. It's just right now we're just seeing it on the Yankees because of the fact that they're going through rigorous testing and we're not. I believe it's seen a little bit of that, too, just from like people reporting on that, because it, it makes a lot of sense that like for most people, you're not going to go back in to get tested a bunch. But because they are monitoring it like this, this is going to pop up a little bit more. Right. And like I said, like you said, it's I'm not too concerned about it because uh, and even Cashman talked about it. He's like, hey, this is proof that the vaccines are working. So even if you can only get your hands on the J&J one, like I wouldn't go go ahead and get it because this is still very, very helpful. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of where we are with the yeah. COVID. That's the uh, epidemiology minute on uh, the Pinstrip Valley <laughs> podcast, our new feature, apparently. We will check back in. Hopefully, maybe by next week, people will start be, to be coming back. I mean, I think they really only need to do the 10 day quarantine. And then obviously, it's just Keep a little bit negative. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit interesting to see how it plays out with these guys, especially because they're vaccinated. As long as they're asymptomatic, maybe they let it. I don't know. So it'll it'll be curious because this is, I think, the first of the vaccinated folks testing positive and then trying to figure out what to do with the quarantine. But I could be wrong about that part, too. Yeah. Well, in other Yankees medical news, this is thankfully not COVID affiliated, just regular old dumb baseball injury related. Uh, Aaron Hicks and Giancarlo Stanton now hitting the injured list. Yeah, it's not great. Um, obviously you don't want to lose anybody to injury, but like, obviously the Stanton one hurts a little bit more just because he's actually been playing well. Whereas Hicks, as everyone knows, has been off to like that rough yeah. start, but again, it's still not quote unquote good that he's out. Um, you know, we still wish him the best. And I don't think they've actually announced whether or not he needs surgery just yet, or he's going to get surgery. I think they're still um, trying the anti-inflammatory medicine to try to 
keep right. that down and they're hoping that maybe the IL stints they can get him back after that but based on I mean just my own previous experience watching Mark Teixeira go through all this mess in 2013 it just feels like it's going to end up in surgery and I don't blame them for trying to try to avoid it because that's a long rehab and Teixeira really wasn't the same until like 2015 even as 2014 was a bit of a struggle so you, I get it but it's it's not great no yeah and obviously you don't want to be without the uh, Aaron Hicks for a long period of time because the Yankees outfield situation is not a great one. Yeah. Um, obviously, Frazier's been struggling. Gardner's been struggling. They have something called a Ryan Lamar on the roster right now. Oh, yeah, that um, was a that was a fun realization. I was out of town for most of the past weekend, so I was getting like sporadic Yankees updates. And I got something very late on, I think it was Saturday. It's like Aaron Hicks going on injured list, Ryan Lamar coming up. I'm like, what the hell happened? <laughs> <laughs> and like, once you pry into it, you see, you sort of understand it because a lot of their normal backup plans were not really options at that point. So you would have expected a Greg Allen or a Derek Dietrich or Jan Burgi, who is at least sort of a guy. But like the problem is that all of those guys were not really options either because Allen and Burgi were hurt. Derek Dietrich cannot play center field and is also not hitting at all. So here we are, Ryan Lamar. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I know people were excited about the prospect of possibly uh, Esteban uh, Florial maybe getting the, the call up because, you know, he just was recently promoted to AAA Scranton. But like, we need to hold our hold the horses on that, like put the, pump the brakes on that. He's obviously been in developing for a long time. I, I think a lot of people were expecting him to come up even possibly by now. But, you know, he's obviously struggled or taken a little bit time to develop. I don't think that rushing him or anything is the answer. I know some people are, you know, talking about, oh my God, we traded away Mike Talkman, but you know what? I still don't care. <laughs> Me they got, yeah, he had that, what, the three hit game in his debut or whatever. And like two of the three were like barely hits. And in 17 games with the Giants, I mean, he has an OPS plus of 92. Yeah, that's better than what he's been doing with the Yankees. It's still not great. Yeah, it's not something that Yankees fans would be super pleased with if he's doing that in pinstripes no. <laughs> no and you got a decent reliever at least a seemingly decent reliever in Wandy Peralta in exchange for him who has been helping the bullpen actually and I think that's still a valid trade yeah oh but, yeah I think it is too and you can't like judge things from what happened because the Yankees didn't know that Hicks was gonna get hurt like that and yeah maybe you say well this is why you protect your depth but again it's Mike Talkman and as you said the bullpen has needed a little bit more help with uh Zach Britton being out and he had a slight setback this week as well Darren O'Day's been out Justin Wilson has been bad mostly so it's good to have a Wandy Peralta type out there who's really only had the one bad game so far yeah exactly so yeah it's not a great situation they find themselves in but again this team like we've talked about it before too and I, at least i know i've mentioned it is this team has the ability to withstand injuries because i'm not going to try and say this team does not have a lot of p players who miss a lot of time because it, it does i mean over the last few years you've seen how many games judge stanton hicks well you know so on and so forth have missed but the thing is this team is built around being able to withstand that it's just obviously it looks worse right now because the offense as a whole still has really not got it going <laughs> yeah exactly so if, like everyone is playing up to their potential and, uh, and not underperforming then it's like okay yeah it sucks to lose hicks but you know they can deal with that but it's just been a combination of everything that's just not have, hasn't been going well but yeah, yeah. they're really winning games so that's good <laughs> yeah, and I, and with the the stand injury, I know people are like, oh, here we go again. But at least it seems to be more that like, this is a 
a minor quad thing that the Yankees are pretty sure will get better just after the 10 days off. So hopefully that will be a short IL stint. I mean, obviously we've said that before about some Stanton injuries. Lucy's setting up the football, but I really do think that this one is is probably going to be a short one. He'll be back in the lineup before too long, which will be good because he was raking. Yeah, I, I definitely don't blame anybody for being skeptical about that. But even like the Baltimore series over the weekend, I think Boone had mentioned that in an emergency, Stanton was available to pinch hit if he really needed him to. But then like as soon as the Baltimore series ended and then the Texas series started, they put him on the IL. So I'm curious as to like what happened there. I mean, it could have just been Boone just trying to underplay it because that's definitely been a thing that's happened before too. But to go from he's available in an emergency makes it seem like, okay, they're just maybe giving him a day or two, especially because it's Baltimore, they should be fine versus then all of a sudden he's on the IL. But eh, it is what it is. At least they do have some reinforcements coming back in Rugnit Odor, uh, potentially waiting to be activated today. It was actually, uh, uh, Odor was literally just activated as we started recording this podcast. So he's, Breaking news, folks. <laughs> yeah, Rugnit Odor is back. You all can rejoice. Yay! Yeah. The Rugnet Odor Revenge series begins now. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the Rangers are like, oh no, the guy <laughs> we cut because he didn't want to deal with them anymore. <laughs> it is kind of interesting. I'm curious to see how this whole situation plays out, especially with uh, Glaber on the, the COVID IL, because they have been giving Tyler Wade uh, the majority of the starts at shortstop, which is just not what you want. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I think the alignment, I, I mentioned it to you in our Slack, is like, I think they could go with like, they could have DJ at third, Geo at short, and Odor at second for the most part, because at least they have Luke Voigt now to play first. So, you know, you can kind of make that work. I don't know if that's better than having Wade start games at short, but yeah. Probably, just because you you trust Geo and Odor's bat maybe a little bit more than Wade, but not that that's really saying a lot, but Wade is just not really a guy who you want to see starting in normal situations. No. To put now it lightly. Got the, now that the COVID and the bad, the, the injury talks out of the way, believe it or not, this has actually not been a bad week. Yeah, and actually one thing <laughs> I do want to add on for the Stanton thing is that they were at least able to backdate when the start of his injured list stint is. So even though he was active but not playing in the Baltimore series, they were still able to backdate him. So the Baltimore games he missed will be included in his IL stint. So definitely another sign that maybe this will be a short thing. Anywho. Yeah, I think I read something where they kind of expect him back for uh, like May 25th, which would be the start of that Toronto series. So I think yeah. you finish out the Texas, the four games there, They then they go home, have a series against the White Sox, and then he'd be pretty much able to come back on the 25th or technically the 24th. That's an off day. So that Toronto series, that's what they're hoping for. Yeah. Okay. I'll take it. Yeah, as you were saying, the last two games notwithstanding, which were, I know, annoying losses with uh, the end of the Baltimore series and the start of the Texas series, but the Yankees won a couple series in there, so those are some big wins. Yeah. Especially at the drop. They they won a series at the drop. Last week, I was just, if you remember, I was just like, can we just forfeit this series and not even do it? (laughs) (laughs) Which I'm still not sure was not the right answer, but hey, if you're going to go there and win two games out of three... Especially when you get like a brilliant performance out of Cole like we did. I guess I'll take it. Yeah. Again, I understand the frustration that they didn't finish the sweep. That would have been great. The last game, they really put up a dud. But maybe hoping for it to sweep at the trap is too much at this point. Yeah. I mean, honestly, though, they, they really got lucky that they even won two games out of three. Because I mean, the final two games, the one was that Cole masterpiece, but they only scored one run in that one. And yeah, then it was the a one-nothing game. Scored- <laughs> 
Yeah. And then the last game, they scored one run, two. In total, over three games, they scored five runs. That's not great. Mm. But to come out of that with two wins is great. Yeah. And they did, the offense did pick it up again against Baltimore, which was good. It's what you expect from <laughs> that O's series. But they also could not finish out the sweep, mainly because they just didn't really get a lot of Jordan Montgomery in that last game. And Normally, you hope that six runs can win you a game, but the Orioles scored 10, so yeah. Yeah, I think the more frustrating part about that is they started that game with like a 4 nothing lead, and it just looked like, all right, these guys are like going to just destroy and like kind of uh, dominate the pitching or the always pitching, and then just kind of just went quietly into the night after that. And like, I'm not even that annoyed about Montgomery. Like, yeah, it's obviously, it was not a great starting start by any means, but, you know, he still had a good start against the Rays. And I guess if you had to pick one of those two to have a better start against, it's probably the Rays. Oh, yeah, um, no, for sure. <laughs> he just did not have his command at all against the O's. But, yeah, it's it's still – I'm just more frustrated that, like, like you know, it's 162 games. A loss, Losses are going to happen. Two losses in a row are going to happen. I think I'm more frustrated with just, like, how – bad or lost they look in their losses and sometimes even in their wins as when it comes to the offense like you can't always rely on Garrett Cole to pitch eight shutout innings and just so you can squeak in one run and get the win yeah they need more games like those first two games against Baltimore where they seem to put up a good number of runs and made things a little bit saner <laughs> yeah yeah so it's that's really the thing because even you can blame Tyone, you can blame Montgomery, even Garrett Cole yesterday on Monday night, he looked off, and you know what? It was bound to happen. There's going to be some sort of regression when it comes to Cole. No, um, no, there will be I, no regression when it comes to Cole. He will be perfect. No. <laughs> like the the whole time yesterday, I was just thinking like, okay, so Garrett Cole is Xerxes, and the Texas Rangers are Leonidas apparently because I call them Garrett. Even a god king can bleed Cole. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, oh, I guess, yeah, he is sometimes human. And, you know, in the 100 simulations of a Yankees-Rangers game with Garrett Cole on the mound, I suppose, like, one out of every 10, he'll struggle a bit. But it's just weird to see. Yeah, and even, like, even the fact that he struggled, it was still not a terrible game from him. Yeah, it wasn't good. Like, he gave up five runs in five innings. But, you know, he was still battling. He was still grinding it out. And that's what you want from your ace. Like, when you don't have your shit, just just give them a chance and again it was just more frustrating because it was the Yankees were facing a, a guy with like an ERA over six and they just couldn't get anything going they, they scored one run against him in the first and like okay maybe maybe things will be happening and then they fell apart except for uh, Luke Voigt like home run uh, later on in the game like in the seventh or eighth or something like that I was just surprised that Jordan Lyles is still around but it's right. not great to be shut out <laughs> by that guy <laughs> For the most part. Technically, they weren't. Yeah, well, mostly, yeah, mostly, we'll say shut down. There you go. Yeah. But hey, at least Cole broke the strikeout to walk record of most consecutive strikeouts before giving up a walk. With I think the record was one week old. Yeah, Corbin Corbin Burns, Burns, get out of here. You've been displaced already. (laughs) It was funny, like, he was asked about it after the game. He was like, yeah, I mean, I guess it's cool, but we lost, so I don't really want to talk about it. Right. But yeah, right. I mean, I mean, like, like we said, he's allowed to have those every once in a while. And like, for the most part, the pitching has been good. Like we said, the problems really come back, come down to the offense and just what they're able to like get going together. But the only one I'm really concerned about or curious about, maybe concerned is too strong of a word. I don't know, is uh, Jamison Tyon. 
he's kind of becoming like my hate vessel for this year, and I don't like to say that. <laughs> I think um, mentally I'm giving him more leeway just because I know he's coming back from two Tommy Johns, and that's hard, and he's pitching regularly for the first time since way early yeah, in 2019. So that, that's tricky to build up from, but yeah, it's been... Yeah. It's been a little frustrating because even like, you know, he'll look good. He struck out. A, he struck out a good number of batters in his uh, his last start. But everything else is just all over the place. Yeah, like his strikeouts. He has like 43 strikeouts on the year or whatever, which is like obviously not like Garrett Cole numbers, but they're decent. In that Rays game, he struck out nine. Yeah, but it just whoever he wasn't striking out was just getting every bit of the bat on the ball and just hitting him hard. And like, I, I think it's through no fault of his own. It's just more like. I think I'm just tired of these like types of pitchers when it comes to the Yankees. I'm like not necessarily exactly the same situation or same th- scenario, but like it kind of just brings back like Nathan Eovaldi memories, Michael Pineda memories, where like they have the great stuff, they can do it, and it's just not really turning into exact results from my end. At least that's just how I'm. It's just related, bringing back those like memories for me, and yeah. I don't like it. It's like uh, let's not let's not remind ourselves too much of the Nate Eovaldi era, <laughs> right? <laughs> but, but hey. I mean, yeah, he does get a little bit more or a lot more leeway just because of the fact that, like you said, he hasn't pitched really in two years and it's a lot to come back to. It does seem like he's building up the arm strength. I mean, he's able to go like at least 90 pitches or whatever now. So that's good. Hopefully he can kind of figure it out. I do wonder if the absence of like Matt Blake is not helping right now because, you know, obviously he's in quarantine. So maybe that's something where <laughs> the zoom guidance is not the same. <laughs> no, I can imagine it's not. I'm just imagining like him holding like a mannequin of some kind in a hotel room. Be like, all right, you need to hold your arm like this. <laughs> <laughs> like the episode of uh, Seinfeld where um, the, the dude from the subway, like built like a lane mannequins so now i'm just picturing like matt blake having like ma- mannequins made of every single one of his pictures <laughs> he dresses them up gives them different <laughs> uniforms <laughs> everyone has their actual numbers <laughs> and they're like okay matt's been in quarantine for too long <laughs> he, he, he needs to go outside yeah well so tyon is starting tonight unless something incredibly notable happens we won't have results of that in but ideally he'll do well yes that would be ideal update he did not. Yesterday, notwithstanding, the Rangers are not a good team. This is a good matchup for Tyone. He should take care of business. And if he doesn't, then ugh. Yeah, and again, I'm still, like I said, I'm still more just looking on the offense. Like, I think they're averaging like four runs a game or something along those lines. I don't remember exactly, but you guys got to do better. <laughs> yeah. Update. They did. But if there was ever a time for Clint Frazier to get going, this would be it. Or Miguel Aduhar. He yeah. wants to do anything. If you want to undo anything. Hey, he did get at least one hit from my memory. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he does have something in the hit column, at least. More importantly, Luke Voigt's back, at least. And he got his first uh, homer out of the way for the year. Yeah, that, so. was, a, that was a good homer, too. Like, second yeah, decker. Yeah. He, got, uh, yeah. he got every bit of that. I was like, oh, that's nice. I missed those. Yeah. Oh, I'm doing a disservice to Andujar. He got three hits, but that means he's three for 25 now. But they're all singles, and he has not walked. So he's got to do better, guy. Yes, please please return to being Miggy doubles. Yes. Yeah, Miggy singles does not cut it, my dude. No. Uh, anything, anything else from the uh, the current team? I think that's pretty much the week. Get everyone get better? Yes. That's, that's <laughs> that covers the COVID. That covers the injuries, and that covers the bad offense. Everyone just get better. <laughs> yeah, good play. Summed it up.
Yes. All right. Well, we'll take a break for an ad and we'll be right back. All right. And we're back. And I think we're ready for our baby bomber of the week segment. Or excuse me. Yeah, I think we're ready for the meet a baby bomber segment. For some reason, I expected you to do the Mitre horn with that. And I just don't know why I was a little disappointed it didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> Well, baby bombers are meant to be promising, and there's nothing promising about Sir Jeremy. Right? I know, but I, I was just re- ready for it because <laughs> I, I, I just like that sound now, which is weird. But anyway, yeah, so we'll meet our baby bomber. All right, so for this week to meet a baby bomber, I want to introduce you guys to Ken Waldachuk. Uh, he, he was drafted in the fifth round of the 2019 draft as the 165th overall selection from St. Mary's. And I'm thinking I'm going to start giving him the nickname of Strikeout Factory. He's claimed so it. Long to J- so long to Jacob Lindgren. But I think Ken Waldachuk deserves it because on the year so far, he's pitched in three. He started three games for the uh, Hudson Valley Renegades, the Yankees high A affiliate. And in 10 innings, he struck out 19. But that's not really the story here. The story for him is the outing where he went three in the third innings. So... Let me just ask you a really quick question. How many outs is that? Ten. That's ten, that's ten outs, right? You know how many yes. strikeouts he had? How many strikeouts did he have? He had ten strikeouts. <laughs> ah, he struck them all out. <laughs> he struck them all out. One walk. So, What's he doing? Get him in. You know what? Trade Garrett, him. Garrett Cole could teach him something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he could teach Garrett Cole something because, you know, Cole's washed now after Monday. So. That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> what if you just but, like <laughs> you just Ken Waldachuk calls up Garrett Cole and is like, Garrett, let me tell you a little bit about how you can improve your pitching. And he's like, how did you get let this me number? tell you? <laughs> I will tell you. So his first year with the Yankees was obviously 2019. He played for uh, Pulaski with, at the time. All right, rest in peace. <laughs> but in uh, 29 and the third innings, there he had 49 strikeouts for them too. It's like. The guy just loves striking people out. Obviously, last year he didn't play because there were no minors. I think up until that happened, like they were kind of even predicting that 2022-ish would be his timeline for at least some sort of cup of coffee or arrival for the majors. I don't know how that's been impacted now with losing to, uh, the 2020 season. But, you know, if he's still just dominating and like striking people out, he does have that kind of stuff where I think he can move up I don't think he's going to make a major league debut this year. I'm not saying that at all, but he can move up the the farm system pretty quickly and maybe at least see or put himself in the running to help out maybe in some sort of role next year or the year after. And the scouting reports on him basically kind of agree where he has the body and the build to, you know, make it as like a, maybe a fourth or fifth starter. If he, if he doesn't really last in the, in the rotation, he definitely has this stuff to kind of, uh, make it in the bullpen and you know obviously things will play up in the bullpen but yeah that's ken waldachuk yeah and he keeps having outings where he's striking out almost everybody then he's not going to be in hudson valley for too long as a, a college arm those guys tend to move a little bit faster if they're showing results and he has yet to allow a run this year so that is also in my expert opinion good so <laughs> before long we Nailed can see it. him in somerset yeah Maybe might, he'll need might, more than three it. starts in Hudson Valley, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. Right, exactly. Obviously, the minors, the season just started, but if he's just breezing through right now, then, you know, they'll definitely, I'm assuming, promote at least a uh, Somerset. And then maybe I'll go check him out. Yeah. Not going to go all the way up I'm to Hudson Valley? No. Yeah. <laughs> not this time. But okay. That's who I have. Who's your baby bomber that you'd like to introduce this to? 
All right, so my Muta Baby Bomber. Unfortunately, the random number generator was not terribly uh, generous this week with uh, an interesting choice, but we must abide by the rules. So we got <laughs> this week, we have uh, Carlos Narvaez, who is a catcher down in Tampa. So Narvaez, he's, uh, he was born in Venezuela. The Yankees signed him in 2015 as an international free agent. He's mostly been an organizational catcher. He was in the Dominican Summer League for his first full year with the organization. Then he was in the Gulf Coast League in 2017. And for the two years prior to the pandemic, he had split time between Pulaski, which you had just talked about, and Staten Island. Uh, Staten Island in 2019, he hit 265, 349, 327. Doesn't really have a lot of pop, but he's a guy who can not be a total give up with the bat. And he's started this year again with Tampa and has mostly been um, sharing time at catcher with Austin Wells, who is the Yankees are really trying to make a catcher of some kind, even though he's probably more likely going to be an outfielder long-term, but for now he's splitting some time with Wells and hasn't hit very much thus far. But again, the Yankees are looking at him more as like an organizational catcher type who's may float around between levels as needed. He'll be 23 in November. So basically he's on the Kyle Higashioka style hey maybe if i hang around long enough something will happen path but you know whatever carlos novias yay <laughs> he seems like a nice guy <laughs> My oh, and, um, fun- the only notable video i found of him on youtube of him doing something more than just batting practice he pops up grounds out and then eventually gets a. I think he gets a hit at the very end but he was just like yep this is my guy (laughs) my only fun fact about him is he was born a month after the 98 world series ended Mm. okay that's That's, not bad (laughs) that's a thing yeah (laughs) well that was certainly a sentence yes carlos narvaez (laughs) congratulations on being featured (laughs) okay so shall we move on to the yankee and the mitre of the week Oh, we should. I am very excited about this segment. (laughs) All right, let's go then. All right, so my Yankee of the Week, this may come as a shock. It's a little bit of an outside pick, but it's me. I knew it. (laughs) Because as I mentioned last week on the podcast, when I gave Aaron Judge my Mitre of the Week, somebody just needs to say something stupid about him on a podcast. And apparently he responds really well to that. Because you know what? Aaron Judge has responded really well to me giving him the Mitre of the Week. He was mad. He earned American League Player of the Week honors uh, en route to a slash line of 500, 586, 1167, which is good for an OPS of 1753, five home runs, six runs batted in. It's it's what you want. It's what you want. He he just uh, destroyed Orioles pitching over the week. (laughs) He did to Orioles pitching what a good player should do to Orioles pitching. And uh, yeah, so you're welcome, Yankees fans. Yes, it, it, it is must credit Kunshaw. Yes. And uh, oh, I, I forgot the most important part of our, our, our podcast, but I'll get to that in a second. On the baseball reference war page, he has moved himself up to second on the team behind, obviously, Garrett Cole. But the most important segment, obviously, our Michael King update. He is now number 12. Oh man, he stumbled. Well, he's he also had like he finally started allowing runs. That's bad. Yeah, I, I can't believe he'd make that mistake. This. I was actually nervous about this because the first game he allowed runs, he allowed uh, three runs in that uh, the Tyone Tampa game, and he found himself off of the leaderboard. Oh but man! Then he came back somehow. So good for you, guy. Michael King came back somehow. 
<laughs> Somehow Michael King is returning. <laughs> Oscar Isaacs is so pissed. <laughs> but right. yeah, I'm the Yankee of the week. You're welcome. Good. Well, apparently you just need to keep making Aaron Judge angry. So maybe add in a disparaging comment here. Uh, yeah, I bet he won't do it for two weeks in a row. <laughs> Loser. Yeah. Ha, roasted. All right. <laughs> Boom. He's definitely <laughs> listening. <laughs> good, good, good. All right. My Yankee of the week is going to be uh, Gary Sanchez because he's starting to look a little bit better at the plate and finally cracked a couple homers. And it's obviously not mind blowing statistics, but any sign of improvement is a sign that I will take. And I feel that I can't really take Aaron Judge since yours is kind of like a, a double pick for yourself. And Aaron no, no, no. I'm not giving him any credit at all. It's all me. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fair enough. So, well, I'll still go with Gary because I like Gary, but you know, Aaron Judge was already honored as the MLB player of the week. So I guess he'll have to settle for that honor. Yeah. Take but yeah. That. Any, anything we can get out of Gary will be good, especially since Kyle Higashioka has really come back to earth and has been hitting nothing for the past month. Yeah, no, it's definitely good to see him kind of, you know, it's not just like obviously home runs. Obviously he's in a couple of them, but he just doesn't look completely lost at the plate, which is huge. I know it's not really saying much, but it's nice to see him kind of look alive out there because it means less time, hopefully or potentially for Higashioka with the bat. Yeah. Like, I don't think that they should just, you know, anoint him the starter outside of Garrett Cole automatically again just yet. But if he's, you know, starting to look locked in, you definitely have to have that conversation again about, all right, how are we splitting this playing time between the two? Yeah. Well, guess we'll, guess we'll see. We'll need to do it for a little bit longer for a week, I think, before they make a big switch. But, you know, I, I will take the promising signs. For sure. Yeah. All right. Who you got for Mitre of the week? So it actually pairs really well with your Yankee of the Week. My Mitre of the Week is Kyle Higashioka. <laughs> yeah. When you don't get a hit, then... You're... No. He did not get a hit, which, again, ever since they talked about giving him more playing time, I've you know been uh, scared of that. Just because oh, yeah. Of course. I, 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 I Like I mentioned, he's going to get overexposed, most likely. Maybe he might not, but he looks like he's been overexposed, and... He just hasn't gotten anything going with the bat in the month of May, which obviously, you know, we're not that deep into, but we are kind of that deep into. Over he halfway. Has two hits. He has two hits on, on uh, for the month. And Bad. that's not great. No. <laughs> but mostly, it's also like, he looked really not great behind the plate yeah, yesterday, him, too. He didn't look, his start with Cole was not up to snuff. And no, that's not, and not he, even just from a Cole perspective, but like just defensively, yeah. Yeah, like there was um, the 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 ball four, which he didn't realize was ball four. So uh, I forgot who it was. Just was about to make that. I think it was Joey Gallo who was about to make that turn, but then he tripped on himself, so saved himself from getting an extra base. But Higashioka was just there. Like it, it just it, he hasn't look. He wasn't looking great yesterday. So yeah, he needs to do better because obviously you're not the the home runs when he hits them are fun, but you're not really looking to give him more playing time just because of the bat. At, at the very least, he's got to be there defensively, and especially if he's going to be you know catching Garrett Cole, and if Garrett Cole's going to have an off day, the rest of the team needs to pick him up. So, and that includes Higashioka, who's his battery mate. Yeah, exactly. He's got to do a little bit better, and I know that like. Again, this is maybe just an instance of a backup catcher being overexposed a little bit. Like sometimes that would happen with Austin Romine when he had a little bit too much time. But if the Yankees are counting on him. They need to do a little bit more. Yep. Yeah. So who's your Mitre of the Week? My Mitre of the Week is unfortunately Miguel Andujar because yeah. as, as we just talked about, he's gotten three hits, 
and that's about it. And this is like his chance for him to finally do something and he's not doing anything. And it's just, it's, it's really frustrating because he has hit in AAA in the small sample size that we've had so far this year. And you really want him. I don't I don't think anyone reasonable is even asking for him to do what he did in 2018 again, but he's not even being like respectable hitter right now. And it's disappointing. And their Yankees are probably going to be counting on him for a little bit with Aaron Hicks out. So it's put up I, or shut up time, really. Even with like Stanton out, right? Because like they've done this two times now where uh, they've had Gary DH while, while I think Ashioka caught. And I don't love that because they don't have a third catcher on the roster. So <laughs> like I don't want to see Gio Urshela behind the plate or Rugnan Odor behind the plate in like an emergency situation or whoever the hell would be their emergency catcher. And obviously with Stanton out for the next like, you know, week or so, and Duhar could at least take the fair share of DH at bats just because, you know, you, he's not really great defensively. We, you know, we've all talked about that plenty of times. So, you know, you can make do with like a Frazier, Gardner, Judge outfield as long as if Duhar just wants to DH and get those DH at bats and if he's hitting. And again, we talked about Frazier too, but you can live with that defensively if Duhar can, you know, kind of just at least t- sees the opportunity here. And then if he's doing well with the bat, then, you know, maybe when Stanton comes back, if he comes back on time, you kind of think about maybe he should take away bat- at-bats from Frazier if he's doing well, but he's not doing anything either. So it's hard to kind of justify putting him even out there. Yeah, it's it's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> and the designated hitter needs to actually, you know, get hits. Hit. This is a revolutionary you concept. Have, you have quite literally one job. To hit you in fact you've been designated to hit, so hit. <laughs> yeah yeah well pick it up biggie that's all we got that was about right all right anything else or should we wrap up i think that's that about covers it like i said before everyone get better medically and non-medically <laughs> yeah recover heal yourselves and also to the general public get get your shots <laughs> Yes, please and thank you. <laughs> yes. After the Yankees finish up the series in Texas, we'll have three big games over the weekend against the White Sox, which we get to see some Tony La Russa managing. Hell yeah. <laughs> Woo! But regrettably, the team around him is pretty good. So that's going to be a tough series, I think. Yeah, it, it does speak a lot to how they're playing well in spite of Tony La Russa managing. <laughs> yeah, in spite of that and in spite of not having Luis Robert and Eloy Jimenez. So they're making yeah. do. Yeah, it, I mean, that obviously helps for them that the Twins are just bad. Oh, God. The Twins are playing every game like they're playing the Yankees. Yeah. The, going into the season, everyone figured it'd be like the Twins would probably like were the favorite to win the division. But the very least, like, even though obviously the White Sox made a lot of good moves, but they figured at least the Twins would give the White Sox a run for their money. But right now, no, the White Sox are sitting comfortably in first with uh, Cleveland behind them, but they have like a three and a half game lead. So yeah. Twins are behind the Tigers and Royals. It's bad. <laughs> they're they're thirteen and twenty six. Yeah. I mean, they've been they've definitely been victims of a lot of Manfred ball from what I've seen. I, okay, I'll be I'll be honest. I haven't watched a lot of Twins games. They've lost a lot of extra time, games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like you can't keep blaming that. You got to do better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, too bad the Yankees aren't playing the Twins over the weekend, but. They will have their time eventually. <laughs> All right, cool. So that'll do it for us in this episode of the Pinstrap Alley podcast. You can rate and review us on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at Pinstrap Alley. Follow me on Twitter at Mearns PSA. Where are you? Uh, you can at me at the Judge 44 Oh, good. That's yeah, right. just make it. Yeah. yeah. Send angry things to Aaron Judge. And nothing threatening. No, just rile them up. Thank me. Thank me at that Twitter handle. Oh, okay. This <laughs> is <laughs> at Aaron Judge. Thank you, Kunj. Yes. <laughs> 
also like I feel like he should change his Twitter handle to the Judge ninety nine, but that's just me. I don't yeah. know what forty four is for. I, but I don't know. I think he just likes it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan of April fourth, guys. Maybe he just likes the number forty four, and then he just likes the handle. So he's like, I'm just gonna keep it like that. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, I was curious yeah. if go. maybe he wore a forty four in college, but now. Yeah, I don't know. I, just go at me about how great I am for this week and for just telling me to change my Twitter handle to 99. Because his birthday's in April, but it's April 26th. Okay, so... I guess so, the first uh, four is for April, and then the other four is for six months too, 26. Boom, nailed it. You have an actual answer for me, don't you? Yeah, okay. So apparently after, <laughs> right after Judge was assigned 99, there's an NJ.com article about it, and he said, 44 is a number I really like. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but what's funny is like does, does that does that mean favorite he's, and no he's like my favorite has always been 35 <laughs> so, <laughs> so why not be awesome. the judge 35 oh no the judge 44 for my second favorite number <laughs> better you know what don't at me about changing my twitter handle okay well it does look like someone had claimed the judge 35 on twitter before he had signed up so i'm just picturing like you know how like when you were like in the fifth grade or whatever you're coming up with your aol screen name and you're like i'm gonna be cool dude number one and then like obviously cool dude number one was taken so you end up with cool dude 7644 i'm just picturing (laughs) judge with that but just like the list of his favorite numbers like 35 44 72 just trying all of them until to see which one which one actually is available <laughs> 35 to quote this article 35 probably will be available down the road but for now it's being worn by yankee's right-hander michael Pineda. <laughs> yeah but please don't ever change your actual uniform number yeah oh no 99 is perfect for <laughs> yeah <laughs> Anyway, that's this has been Aaron Judge number update. Anyway, okay. <laughs> that, that'll do it for us, folks. Yeah, far too much Michael Pineda talk in this podcast. So we brought him up twice. That's just rude to the listeners. Yeah, uh, we're sorry. Okay, you can you can cancel your subscription now. Farewell. <laughs> Bye. See ya.